Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive into today's episode on the Influence Podcast. All right. Hello. Welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. And today I am extremely excited to introduce a very special guest, somebody that we've been trying to get on the podcast for a long time. Um, but uh, <laughs> we finally made it. So this is going to be a special episode. You're going to enjoy this. Um, today's guest, I'm going to introduce in just a moment, Lauren Dallas. Now, Lauren is a creator, coach, and educator, a marketer, headmist, and CEO of Future Females. She started five and closed three. And through this process, she realized her passion to support entrepreneurs to create their dream online businesses to live on their own terms, to work in their own time, and to generate both profit and massive impact. What could be better? Future Females is a movement that exists to increase the number of and support the success of female entrepreneurs. It launched in August 2017 in Cape Town. Future Females is now in 55 cities across the world. Wait for this. There's 95,000 members. I'm just going to say that again. This launched in August 2017. That's just, oh, just under five years ago. There's now 55 cities across the world where this is uh, in, in, in place. And there's over 95,000 members. Okay, that's just mind-blowing. You can see why I was excited to get Lauren on the show. Now, this, runs a, uh, this also runs, I should say, a three-month online business school that has supported over 2,300 entrepreneurs with tech-based business ideas to turn them into profitable businesses, bringing expertise from global partners, including the International Tech Hub Network and Techstars into South Africa. I've been looking forward to this. Lauren, what an introduction. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jake. You've said it all. <laughs> I have. We can, we can finish there, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. I, I'm genuinely grateful for you joining us. Um, what an incredible intro, but what incredible stats as well. How, how did this come about? Future Females, just, just give us a bit of an overview as to how this even began and how this community started. Absolutely. So firstly, thank you so much for having me. I, I know I'm not the best at sticking to <laughs> a schedule, but I'm very excited to be doing this now. So to your question, 
it's quite interesting because there were two real motivators for me or trigger points that encouraged the launch of Future Females. And one was very personal and the other was more really about righting a wrong in the world, if I can put it like that. Um, but I'll start with the personal. So as you said, I am a female entrepreneur. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I have what we call the shiny object syndrome. I've started so many things. Some I had no intention of continuing with and some, you know, that were quite ego bruising failures. But there was a point in my career and I had just uh, come out of a business liquidation and I'd sold out. I'd gone back into corporate as a consultant, but I knew it wasn't for me. And every day was kind of grating my joy away. Yeah. And so my, my fiance is South African. I'm British. And so we were debating, like, let's just move. We were in Sydney at the time. Let's move overseas. And if we had moved to England, he would have started a business. And moving to South Africa, I got to start the business. So we moved to Cape Town and I started a business supporting female entrepreneurs with social media marketing training. The only challenge was I didn't know a single female entrepreneur in the entire country. So I clearly couldn't design a product that was particularly relevant. So I ended up going to a co-working space. And on the day I arrived, they were recruiting marketers for Techstars. So some of you probably know, but Techstars is the world's largest tech accelerator. So I worked on this program for three months, supporting 10 businesses, power fintech businesses sourced from all over the world, co-located, co-working, super fun, three months, but not a single female founder out of the 10 companies and the ACP really? cohort was a female. Wow. So shocking and yeah. ridiculous yeah. and really my motivation for starting future females so i launched with my co-founder who i also met on Techstars the day after the program ended and had an event invited women to come asked them what they would want from a female focused community and then basically just built what they asked for i love it i, I where i mean where do we even start there so how did you even begin that? How because because the scale now, when you look at the numbers, ninety five thousand members around the world, fifty five cities. How did that even begin? How did you even start? You mentioned that you, you ran the next the event the next day. How did you get people in there? How did you decide that you knew that this was the right thing? <laughs> I mean, I definitely didn't know it was the right thing at that point. I just thought it would be fun to host an event and see. And um, I guess the momentum and the number of people that showed up to this first event with actually fairly little marketing. We sent the message out through our networks. We did a little bit of Facebook and Instagram advertising. And we had a room that housed 60 with like 80, 90 people in. We were running chairs around from all over. And then a whole bunch of people um, tuning in online. And at the end of the event, someone just asked me, are you gonna do this every month? I of course said yes. And then that was our commitment. Um, we then had a girl who was at the launch go, move to Berlin and say, can I run an event here? And we said yes. And then another girl in Namibia who heard about us online asked if she could launch. So I think I'm making it sound like luck. But what I think that we did was firstly, be in the right place, focused on the right thing at the right time, like the start of the rise of female entrepreneurship. But secondly, we were creating a brand and a community that had a really strong purpose that people could relate to and wanted to be part of because it was aligned to their own individual purposes as well. 
So, I mean, I think the way that I'm describing it can make it seem a little bit like luck, but I think it was a few different things coming together. The first was we were focused on the right thing at the right time, being the initiation really of this focus on female entrepreneurship. But secondly, and probably more important, is we developed a very clear purpose that underpinned the brand. And the purpose is the same as it was is to this day, increase the number of female entrepreneurs and support their success. And we repeated this everywhere, online, offline. And what it did was attract people who wanted to contribute to that purpose because it was their own purpose. And all we then did was create roles. So if someone said, can I, can I help with the movement? We'd say, yes, run an event in your city or yes, you can become a guest blogger. So I think that's really how it started snowballing was by the, the clear purpose, but then deliberately creating spaces for the people yeah. who wanted to support. I love that. I love that. The, the thing that stood out to me there that you, you mentioned, and, and I think we'll talk about this a bit more, but having a purpose bigger than bigger than you, you, yourself in a way, because the, the, the thing that kind of strikes me about what you said is that you're not coming from a percentage uh, from it, sorry, from a perception or perspective of how do I just make, how do I just make money? How do I go into a business and just make money? And how do I get this to work? And that kind of thing. It was more, there's a bigger reason, a bigger purpose from this right, right from the start. And mm. that has kind of fed and that's kind of had a, a huge impact on that exponential growth. That, Maybe a silly question, maybe I've answered that, but how important was having the bigger purpose going into this and getting this off the ground? I mean, it was critical. I think, you know, something I really believe in is for-profit and for-purpose businesses and not trading one off for the other, which I think is also typical. Often for-profits are so focused on that that they they disregard impact. And then impact or purpose-led businesses, we typically associate with more like NGO space. So um, I appreciate now, and I think it's even more important to be both and to be talking about being both, not just because um, it attracts, you know, the audience to your brand, but it also differentiates you um, in the market. And thirdly, it really brings your team together. And Females was volunteer run before we were making any money. And that entire team was really just united by this common purpose that we were fighting and still fighting towards. I love it. So for for people listening, the the idea of community building, uh, this is, uh, again, I I still can't get my head around the numbers. I think it's just absolutely remarkable in five years. But the, the... People listening who are looking at community building, of course, we talk a lot about Instagram on this podcast uh, and building an audience and having an impact and reaching people around the world. Uh, what what are even the first steps for somebody who wants to build a community? How do they even how do they even know that building a community is the right thing for them? Mm. Yeah, and that's a really good question. I think firstly. Um, there's this quote that I love: "A community is like a moat around your business," and we definitely see that. Once you have built a community, it can truly become your competitive advantage. Um, But it is a competitive advantage because it's hard. (laughs) It's hard for someone. You can't buy a community overnight. It really comes from, uh, and how I define community, is not just connection to you as as the brand, but connection between your community members. And if you imagine that kind of lattice around your business brand, that's where the strength lies. So I would say that building a community is a really good strategic choice for 
most, if not all businesses. However, it is definitely time intensive. <laughs> so it's a good question to, to ask, is this the right thing for me now? Um, the way you would start if you decide yes is a few things and I'll share what we did. We started with the purpose, which we've discussed, but then secondly, the community values because people want to join a community of people like them. You want to feel like this is my tribe. And so the way that you do that is by defining the values. Some of ours are, for example, um, inclusive. Everyone is welcome at Future Females from all walks of life, including men. So we are not a feminist movement that excludes men at all. We say welcome. We want 100% of the world involved in this conversation. Some people disagree with that. Some people agree. And what that does is make the people that agree very close-knit because they all have that common belief. And people that don't, they're not going to join the community. Yeah. So a good values-based community does that job of polarizing you know you're either in or you're out there's no yeah. kind of gray middle zone um and then from that you also the third step would be deciding where to house your community and i know you spoke about instagram which is definitely one platform the other and, and what we use is a facebook group because it's easy then to facilitate conversation between your members the fourth step is then obviously getting members <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you talk about. Um, well, I mean, that feels like the natural next step <laughs> in terms of actually getting members and bringing them in. Um, how how would you even go about doing that? Perfect. So, I mean, it's quite interesting in this post-COVID world, right, where we have all become so used to Zoom meetings and even like the scalability from a business perspective of online, virtual summits, virtual challenges. But I would really encourage anyone starting out with a community to do something offline. So to host a local event, to get people in the same room, having those conversations, because community is not transactional. Uh, whereas I find Zoom often is. I'm joining this conversation because there is a purpose for one or the other of us. And after that, we're going to drop off. We're probably not going to like pour our hot chocolate and have hours of ketchups or wine, which would be my preference. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't think you can beat the relationships that form in the offline space before you then take it online. So I would say to start there, Often those first members as well could join your team if, if you are looking at scaling that way and bringing volunteers or, or, or formal team members on board, but they'll become your brand champions. Like two of my team members, no, three now of my permanent team members were at our launch event. Five years later, they're still with us. Some of our members from our Founders Club, our subscription, also were at the launch event. So I would say to start, don't disregard offline. And then in terms of online, um, depending on the platform you choose, there's obviously both organic content opportunities and then also paid opportunities. We have found that organic content is a lot more sticky in having the right people come in and be part of it, contributing, right? You need people in yeah. your community also contributing and, and giving to each other. So I would say focus on your organic content. When we first started, what we did was take one of our values each day and do a post around it. So Monday would be collaborative, Tuesday inclusive, Wednesday give first. So people can really understand the spirit of what it means to be a member or founding member, whatever you know vocabulary you choose. 
Um, so I would say to focus there for your first members. Nice. This is awesome. I, again, anybody that's listening, Lauren is literally giving the step-by-step here to, to, to set up and launch a community. I love it. Um, I'm really glad that you mentioned as well the importance of offline. And, and it's interesting because I, I fully agree the idea of, of Zoom calls and Zoom meetings and such, it feels more transactional than simply going into a group and into an environment where you talk to people face-to-face and, and, and such. How did, um, I don't necessarily want to dwell on it too much, but how did COVID impact the growth of your business and what major shifts have you seen that's had on communities growth um, pre-pandemic? Oh, sorry, post-pandemic, I should say. Yeah, well, (laughs) emotionally, it had quite a (laughs) negative impact. I was actually accidentally locked out of my country, South Africa, for nine months of 2020. Um, (laughs) So I had to set up shop in my, uh, actually in my parents' living room initially in the UK with my team, fiance, everyone still here. And then actually I was about to do an event tour, launching future females in cities around Europe. And we went to Glasgow in Scotland, and it was basically the day that COVID escalated in the, in the media. So we had a few people attend the event, but we had to cancel the rest of the tour. So like I said, emotionally, I was, I was worried that Future Females was over, um, but it wasn't. We, we pivoted. So our ambassadors who run our, were running physical events, we train them on online and we use Zoom, we use different tools, different experiments around interaction. And um, nearly all of our ambassadors made the transition really well and are now transitioning back or transitioning to hybrid. Um, but it, so it went well. Uh, and it actually, during COVID, our, our business thrived. We were able to launch more easily because it was online. There were less barriers, less expense to bringing women into a discussion. We also being an online training provider and having built uh, for online, we're able to grow our programs. And also we managed to get a, to launch the B2B side of our business. So yeah. not only do we sell directly, but we work with governments who fund us to support female entrepreneurs in emerging markets. So there were definitely positives after the initial big challenge. And I think a lot of communities found that because people were at home alone and the only way they could tap in was finding and seeking out these online spaces. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, So you've talked through um, how, how you got started and how other people could get started as well. Um, And the growth, uh, element and p- perhaps bringing in some of those those foundation members to build as part of your team if they've, they're, they're aligned with the values and the purpose of the company as well. How would then somebody listening to this actually go about monetizing that community? Um, is, it, is it right to monetize a community? Is there, is there only one way that you can monetize a community? What, what would that look like? And, and what, have you, what would you suggest again for, for people that are listening? Definitely. So... It's, a, it's such an interesting dynamic because particularly as a community builder and for anyone out there who starts and you build it on values and purpose, it is almost a strange conversation to think about now monetizing and that question like, is it right? Is it organic? Um, but what I would come back to is it takes a lot of time to build a community. 
And to have a massive impact, you need massive profits to reinvest. And so that's what Future Females does. So we monetize by providing um, educational products, predominantly online, to our community members. Uh, but we do it in a way that delivers a lot of free value, which I'm, you know everything about, obviously, and I'm sure your listeners do. But we create funnels. So you are welcome to just be free future females enjoying the group, enjoying summits, challenges, webinars, or at the right time, you're welcome to apply to our accelerator or join our membership. What I would say for someone trying to put their monetization strategy together is whether it's for a community or just a general audience is just focus on the pain points. We just ask people uh, every six months we do a survey, what is it that you need? And then we make that. For example, in 2020, our community was asking us, how are you hosting your webinars? How are you doing challenges? How do we do an online summit? So we made a micro product that was $9 called how to host engaging events online. And a week later, we were able to offer that to our community. And that product just flew. And it felt very organic because we were literally being asked for it. So we gave it. So I think that that's the best starting point to decide on the topic of your offer, I can say. And then the the structure. um, Sorry sorry to draw that, but let's let's just go back to that. Because you've almost said it so casually that it's (laughs) kind of underplayed it a little bit ask your audience what they want and then give it to them. That's it. That's exactly what you did, right? That's my strategy. <laughs> That's our future female strategy in a sentence. Yeah. So, I, I love it. it just, it's so simple, but it's, a, it's exactly the right thing to do. Well, of course it is, you know, you know it is, but it's, I, I think, again, it's the dangerous at times we overthink what do people need, what do people, what, what might they want, what could they want, um, and almost overthinking it to the, to the to the instead the reality is well hang on a minute why don't we just ask people what they want and if we give people what they want then we know that they're going to be satisfied they're going to be happy and they're going to keep coming back for more they're going to buy it and you said it was nine dollars is that right nine dollars amazing how many how many uh, so how many times have you replicated that model of asking your audience what they want and then giving it to them uh every six months (laughs) so we have I mean, I've, I've launched nine different online courses. And as you know, we're also working on building like a, a new innovative platform. And all of that is entirely based on, on community input. Yeah, so good. So good. So again, for people listening, even if they're not sure about the type of offer or the type of product that they could deliver for their community, just ask a question and it, you know, it will be revealed. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next steps then for, for your community and future females? Where, where's this going next? Us. So it's an exciting time for us to be having this conversation because, as you said at the start, we're nearly five years in. And obviously, it's always a good time to reflect and strategize, but particularly coming up to this milestone. Um, so what we did was, of course, ask our community what they're still struggling with and really assess what's been working for us. And also, you know, where do we want to be in which sector? And we're operating in the ed tech space. So we looked to a lot of the major players, you know, the masterclasses, the mind valleys, and they're really leading in terms of training and quality of training. But community for these platforms is almost tacked on as an afterthought. 
So what we are now doing is taking all of our expertise at Future Females and, as you said, kind of our, our global remit and breadth of offering and building a community-led learning platform that will essentially create group learning experiences for entrepreneurs. Obviously, we focus on women, but men are welcome, where we are going to be show showcasing courses from female founders. So the only people you'll be learning from on this platform are women who have achieved success multiple times over from the strategies they're then teaching. So founders rather than, you know, necessarily coaches, obviously yeah. a lot of coaches have also achieved it, but um, that's what we're putting together. And we are in the waitlist phase at the moment. We'll be letting people in a few hundred at a time from late in 2022. Awesome. Awesome. So how do, so for people listening now, how would they get, you say it's a waitlist stage at the moment. So it's, it's waitlist and then people can join or they will, you'll be inviting people a few hundred at a time to get access to this training and this portal. Um, I mean, where do, where, do, where do people go? What should they do if they want to learn more about this? Yes. So we're actually launching for our fifth birthday. So we'll be opening the doors to our founding members with special offers, uh, registering our founding members on our community board, on our website and listing their businesses in August. So yes, as I said, right now it's waitlist, but the earlier on, the earlier you'll get that access. So it's very easy. You can go to our Instagram, which is just at future females or the website, which is futurefemales.co. And as I said, the sooner you join, we've got a whole bunch of prizes and referral mechanisms and fun things happening while we're in waitlist phase as well. Amazing. So the Instagram Future Females or at Future Females uh, is the Instagram and then futurefemales.co, futurefemales.co is the, uh, the website. And just to be clear as well, I think I understood this right, is that it, it is open for men as well. Um, but you, you, as you say, you sh it's, it's more about the purpose and the values, which is creating more and, and, and um, giving more uh, opportunity and more visibility to female entrepreneurs and female CEOs. That's the, the bigger vision. But it is available for men as well if they're, they're, they're interested. Absolutely. We really want to equip women with the skills, of course, but also the confidence and the support structure, being the community and access to these role models to build successful businesses and, of course, successful lives. So that is the purpose. But if men would like to join, of course, you're welcome. Let's be honest, the name Future Females typically uh, <laughs> doesn't attract men, but we yeah. have had men in all of our courses before events. So definitely welcome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Perfect. So we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to that shortly. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll just say the link again. So futurefemales.co, futurefemales.co is the website and at futurefemales on Instagram is where people can join the wait list. And, 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 and that's non-committal as well. I guess they can just go, it, it's worth anybody going and, and checking that out and learning more about it. And then they can find out with all the information if it's the right decision for them. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Non-committal. You'll just jump right. on. Oh, sounds great. Okay, perfect. Perfect. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, I'll circle back to that in a moment. Lauren, I'm conscious of time because I know we've, uh, we've, we're, we're coming up on time a little bit, but I've, and, and I know you've, you've got many things going on, but I'd love to just go into our quick fire round, if that's okay. Um, that's with just a few quick fire questions. doesn't have to be quick fire answers, but um, <laughs> so take as long as you need. Um, 
Is there a particular routine or habit or something that, that you do on a daily basis or a regular basis, maybe every morning or every evening that kind of sets you up for the day or kind of wraps up the day for you? And, mm. and it sounds strange, but the more unusual, the better, because I'm always interested in kind of unusual things that people do that kind of get them set up for the day. Mm. So to be honest, I'm not a routine person. As soon as I feel, as soon as I have a routine that I've stuck to for a while, I feel trapped and then I have to escape and do something else. Very claustrophobic person. So there's only two things that have stuck. And the first is I listen to this song on YouTube every morning called I Release Control and it is just an amazing song that I meditate to. Uh, I am not a great meditator. I can't clear my mind without that. The second thing that I do is another song. Um, I put on the London Grammar playlist on Spotify and just have a bit of a dance while I make my coffee and that puts me into a good vibe <laughs> for the rest of the day. Nice. So the the um, London Grammar playlist uh, is the, the good vibes in the morning on Spotify. And um, I release control. That's a, that's a song, is it? Or a video on YouTube? Yeah, it's a song. It's incredible. Um, I did an ayahuasca ceremony a couple of years ago. And the, that is the song that really transformed things for me. So I listen to it every day as a reminder. Wow. I won't, that, that, that already piqued my interest for, for another conversation, but I'll, I'll only ask one follow-up question on that. The ayahuasca, is that something, how did you come across that? And have you then gone on, well, how did you come across that and what, what major changes did you see that impacted um, from that? Mm. So I think it's just most people in my network are interested in, in that kind of um, medicine and yeah. transformation opportunity so I also I, I love that type of space so it's something I've been involved with for a long time um, the transformation for me was massive I I gave birth to my inner child and actually chased this child up to the roof of a building to keep it short and uh, this child screamed like let me play and at that point, I realized one of my biggest values is play and joy. And I wasn't honoring that in my life. So I actually got a play tattoo on my wrist so that every day I also just remember to come back to that. Final question, if I may, as I say, I'm very conscious of time, but uh, I'd love to know the title of the podcast is Influence. What does the word influence mean to you? It's so funny because when you ask that, the immediate thing that comes to me is responsibility. And I, I actually had the opportunity to sit down with Meghan Markle years ago and discuss female entrepreneurship. And it was with a whole bunch of community builders and, and leaders in the space. And she said one thing that really stuck with me, that often the people that push to reach the top of the hill are not the ones that get to stand on top. And so I see this influence as almost a responsibility to clear the path for the people who are following me to make things easier, to have the hard conversations and really see it, well, as a responsibility, but also as a commitment. So I think that's what it is for me. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. And just a reminder for everybody that's listening, if they would like to know more about the community and the, the new platform that launches, they can join the waitlist. Uh, where do they need to go? Yes, to futurefemales.co website or on Instagram. It's just at futurefemales. So hopefully very simple to remember.
Absolutely. And we'll put the link to both of those in the show notes as well. So at Future Females on Instagram and futurefemales.co is the website as well. Lauren, thank you so much for your time. I do greatly appreciate it. I'd love to think we may do a, a follow-up, maybe even in person someday as well, because I know you're traveling very frequently. Um, so maybe even in person sometime, but uh, thank you again. Is there anything that you'd like to kind of uh, final, final thoughts or words that you'd just like to leave the listeners with today? Um, no, I think I just want to say thank you for having me and for creating this platform as well uh, that is offering so much value and also access to all of your listeners. I know that one of the biggest things for me in building to where I have it has been access to mentors and influencers. So thank you for featuring me and yeah, having me on this platform. Absolute pleasure. Thank you again for your time and for joining. I do greatly appreciate it. And for everybody that's been listening, thank you for being with us. Uh, keep an eye out for the next episode and we will see you very, very soon. All the best. Take care. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission, do something extraordinary for others, keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.